Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to everybody in the chats, or as we call them, the Pewter people, as we get this Thursday afternoon show going. Title of this episode is, Can the Bucks Upset the 49ers? I'm your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me today is a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the Tampa Bay media. He covers the Bucks. He covers all Tampa Bay sports. Check out his podcast as well called The Rock Stops Here. Ladies and gentlemen, making his Pewter Report podcast debut. This has been far, way too long in the making. It is none other than... Then Rock Riley. Rock, thank you so much for joining the show. How are we doing this afternoon? Oh, man, we're doing great. As Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator, said today, this is a championship game. That's how the Buccaneers are going to try to look at this one. So where we are in the schedule, we got Thanksgiving next week, and it doesn't get any better than a 4 o'clock kickoff in Santa Clara for the Bucks and the 49ers. I'm doing great. I love it. Love to hear it. And I'm glad you brought up that this is a later game because almost every single game the Bucs have played this season outside of the Thursday night and Monday night have been a 1 o'clock game. So it's nice to have a little mix-up, you know, that you can still watch a little bit of the morning games, especially not even morning, just the afternoon with uh, you right. know the, the Bucs being out on the West Coast. And then, bam, everyone can lock in for Bucs versus, uh, versus 49ers coming up at, at 4 o'clock this afternoon. But, Rock, before we talk about Bucks versus 49ers, I, I, I want to dial it back a little bit to earlier in the season and just an overview of the Buccaneers, where they are now. So before week one even kicked off, before the Bucs even went up against the Minnesota Vikings, what was your outlook of this team, your predictions and projections for what Tampa Bay was going to bring this season? Honestly, I was hoping for a 500 season, you know, after Brady and not only after the goat, but 50 some million dollars over the salary cap. Like a lot of fans forget about that. And when we talked to Jason Light, whether it was at the NFL owners meetings or the combine, I know you were there for that. And he was like, like, you know, he was pretty honest. Like, you know, there was a couple of names free agents thrown out there. And he's like, you know, we can't, honestly, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. What they were paying Brady. So with that, I was figuring usually you try not to go by what teams did the previous year, because it's the NFL, not for long. A lot of times it changes, but the NFC South, just looking at it from afar, it's like, it doesn't look like it's going to be that good. And here we are, here we are again. Greg Allman tweeted out a great stat the other day, Matt, where if the Buccaneers lose this game and then they win against Indianapolis and then they're five and six, there's three teams that are deadlocked, like at first place, like they're still not out of it. So with that being said, and I didn't know, uh, you know, Todd Bowles was on the hot seat. There is no doubt about that. We know it. Um, We, you know, we've all got our sources and maybe, you know, At the top, we've talked to some people, you know, not on record. And it's like, look, man, it's not like the Glaciers are going to stand behind him and give him a long leash talking about Todd Bowles. Like, if they don't win, that's probably going to be it. 
All indications are Jason Light's job, even if they don't have a good season, they like what Jason Light has done. He and Bruce Arians bringing in the GOAT. They got the Super Bowl, so he's not on the hot seat, but Todd Bowles is. So with Todd Bowles yeah. on the hot seat, we all figured that even though it was that quarterback competition, he's not going to have his job in jeopardy. He's on a hot seat. He's got to win to keep his gig. You think he's going to go with an unproven quarterback? He'd rather take the experienced guy. So then, then the biggest thing to me, and a lot of people just don't really think about this, I have talked to so many coaches in my 30-some years in this business. When a head coach has an opening on his staff, whether it's major yeah. college football, Deion Sanders was talking about the other day, or the NFL, you never get a coordinator hired that the head coach had never met, doesn't yeah. know anything about. It's a good old, you know, a good old oh. boy business. It's who good you old. know. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And in a, in a way it, it almost felt like, and obviously our initial reactions might be a little bit different than what we think now, if just the offense and Dave canals, not in a negative way by any means, but I wonder right. if brought in canals and we all love his, his upbeat personality. That's why we call him the human Celsius, right. at least around these parts on, on right. the show. <laughs> I had to do that because he's like listen i've tried this i know this person i know that person but i need a new idea i need something completely yeah. out of left field outside of the box because if i keep doing what i'm going to continue right. to do um it's just it's not going to work and and then he'll be out of a job and that's why i found it so funny when you know people are like oh they're going to tank this year they're going to tank this year really so if you're tanking then why'd you re-sign levante david Why'd you re-sign Jamel Dean, who's one of your best defensive players or one of your best corners on the team? Why would you do all of that stuff? But let's fast forward a little bit. You, you talked about, um, you know, Bowles being on the hot seat and and the Glazers, yes. they have a history of giving a coach two seasons and then saying, right. all right, we gave you a shot and then you're done. But what I'm curious to get your thoughts on, and maybe this isn't even with the Bucks specifically, right. it maybe just a microcosm of the league, because I think Jason Light is a great example Jason Light has been here for a while. He's been through a couple of different coaches, a couple of different quarterbacks. In other organizations, Jason Light isn't even around to say, hey, I can bring in Bruce Arians. I can try to get Tom Brady, which he did, because he would have already been out the door because he would have got fired for the other failures of the Bucs teams with Jameis and, and everything else and Dirk Cutter and everything in between. So I guess what I'm asking you is, is there a line that needs to be drawn with just overall patience around the league where like sometimes you have everyone wants instant results. I get it. But sometimes sometimes you got to let things grow and develop a little bit or else you don't see what this person can do at their full potential. Even something with, uh, you know, Bryce Young right now versus CJ Stroud. Stroud is absolutely killing it. But does that mean Bryce Young is a failure because he's played eight games and the team stinks? I don't necessarily know, but I'm curious to get your opinion on it. That's a great point. And by the way, Bryce Young, I forget what former NFL player was on a podcast just yesterday. Oh, I, it was, I think it was LeVar Arrington, but he was saying the yeah. same thing. He's like, Bryce Young, he doesn't have 
the weapons and talent and what's surrounding him that some other quarterbacks are. And you're going to get rid of Bryce Young already. Give him some time to develop. And they did. You are right. And I know Jason Light, even going into this year, he even said, it's 10 years now. 10 years at that yeah. date. I've been the general manager <laughs> of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He didn't even think that he would be around for 10 years. So, yes, yes. It's a society now. You got to make the mold. We're not going to wait. No, 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 no. But I think with Todd Bowles, it's like, look, there wasn't a hiring process or an interview process yeah. after Bruce Arians let, was leaving. Um, Todd Bowles is 59 years old and had one shot with the Jets. Yeah. And then even when he came in as the head coach, and that happened kind of fast. There you see him with his guy, Canales. But even when he came in, he said, I know the building. I know a lot of the players. It's not like I'm coming into a totally new situation. So that already put him ahead of the learning curve. It wasn't going to be like he has to learn everything. And the thing about Canales, and Todd Bowles told us this, and he actually, I when I sat down with him for my podcast on the uh, Rock Stops here, and I sat down yep. at the owners' meetings in a hotel lobby, 7 o'clock in the morning, because they had the big party. If you ever get a chance, and I think, Matt, the NFL owners' meetings is going to be in Orlando this year. you yeah, got to check it out. Two years it's ago. the I only time ago. where it was owners – oh, so you know. And when they have yeah. that party, you're around owners – and GMs and head coaches and media, you're all mingling and partying. And cocktails. Yeah. I said, Todd, I said, yeah, I said, Todd, I said, you didn't know Canales? Like to trust the offense with, with a, a new guy that's never called plays before. And he was telling me, he goes, he blew, he blew him away in the interview and he would throw out scenarios. And then, and then um, Canales would go back to him and say, well, well, what do you want? He goes, no, I'm asking you. What would you do? What would you do in this case? What would you do in this case? And he totally, and he was like, wow. Oh, and I hadn't have thought of that. And then he's always told us, he's like, I'm not an offensive guy. I'm a defensive yeah. guy. I don't really meddle. let my offensive guy go. So with all that, all that being said, and yes, Canales is new to this. And yes, this is an offense. And what did he say today? You know, we're still growing. And maybe, maybe, look, man, <laughs> you know, you don't get too much more. There's some teams with new offensive coordinators and new quarterbacks that are doing even better offensively at this point. So there might be something to that. But all in all, where they are right now, five, you know, a game below 500, they're, they're in the mix now for the NFC South. This is going to be a big test because they laid an egg in that Philadelphia Eagles Monday night yeah. game. Canales brought up the Lions. Yeah, Lions are good. This 49ers team, man, I don't know how you feel about it, man. I just think that they are loaded. And this is on the road. They got to go to the West Coast. Let's see if you can at least make this one close. Let's see, let's see what the Buccaneers are made of. Not only are the 49ers loaded, they are healthy. Because they did go through that little bit of a losing streak where they lost three in a row. But in those games that they lost, and we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, Trent Williams was out. Their best offense, not even just their best offensive tackle, nice. arguably the best offensive tackle right. in the league with, uh, you know, with obviously our guy over here, Tristan Wirfs. Uh, McCaffrey missed a little bit of time. So at Debo, Debo was the big one. I think he's really the the straw that, straw that stirs the drink with that offense. So absolutely, you know, 
playing the 49ers at full strength when other teams had an opportunity to kind of take advantage of them missing some guys. Last year was 35 to 7. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be 35 to 7, but even if they lost 28 to 10, that's technically an improvement. That's not the improvement that Bucks fans <laughs> are looking for. I think it's going to be kind of bad, uh, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be bad uh, coming up this Sunday. By the way, I want to get to a couple of uh, comments. Gary says, Rocky. Gorilla Shop says, Hi, Rock. Angle says, Oh, nice. Rock Riley. Welcome, Rock. And then we got this great super chat from Eric Moreno. Thank you for the $2 super chat, Eric, who says, Rock Riley is the GOAT, and so is Matt go box yeah rock you're one of my favorite people you're like one of the first media people that i met Whoa. when i first got in there <laughs> and you're always so cool to me and I, I i always appreciated that so glad we can get you on the show today um but sticking with the offense your thoughts on baker mayfield yeah. how he's done this season and do you think this offense is trending in the right direction because they scored 37 two weeks ago against the texans and unbelievably lost but it wasn't on the offense and then last week you scored 20 right. But they were moving forward the whole time. There was never that that stalling point that I think you've seen other weeks with the offense. But your thoughts? You know what? I agree. I agree with Scott, uh, your your leader there. That you know this might be what we're seeing is what Baker Mayfield is. You know, he's not a guy that's really going to throw for four hundred and fifty yards. He's not a C.J. Stroud, Mike Evans. Even if he has a drop or two. He always comes back, redeems himself. Uh, he really works at his craft. We we get out there. Matt, Matt and I are always there in the beginning yep. for practice. And he works one-on-one -on -one with an individual trainer every single practice. Now, I know he had a uh, – I think it was a quad. I think he was on the injury list. He's good to yeah. go. I was watching him run today. But he takes his job so seriously. And Baker Mayfield – it's interesting what Mayfield says about him that he's able to get open. Like, you know, even when he's double teamed and sometimes mm -hmm. when he's triple teamed and it's one of those guys that he has that gait where it looks like he's not moving fast. I always compare him to a former Tampa Bay Rays baseball player, BJ Upton, BJ Upton. It looked like he was, yeah, it looked like he was lazy or he wasn't hustling. And one time Evan Longoria, who was uh an all-star with the Rays, and he got into a fight with, with uh, B.J. Upton in the dugout, and he thought that he wasn't hustling. And I talked to B.J. Upton's father, and he's like, "That's it's just how he runs. If you look at his time, he, you know, it's fast. And I think Evans is like that. You know, like, oh, he doesn't have that much yak. He's able to get open. But getting back to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. For, for, and you brought this up numerous times. $4 million? For a starting quarterback, when they oh, were yeah. in salary cap hell, I thought that was a really good move. I didn't know when you're bouncing around at teams like that, and the knock on Baker Mayfield, Matt, was he turns it over too much. Yep. I remember when he was with the Browns, and they were playing the Bucks, and I was up high in the press box, and I'm like, damn, he's a gunslinger. Like, even if somebody's not over, he's going to, you know, he came out of college cocky, this and that. I think that he's grown He's good avoiding the rush. He's really helped out with this offensive line. The offensive line's done a good job, and they're not world beaters. A couple of these guys really wouldn't even be starting on another team. So I think he has done pretty well. I don't know about you, man, but I get hit up so much on my social media. I've had actually block a couple of people with trash, 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 and I'm like, oh, my God, okay, you must be just a Gator 
Baker fan, and no matter what Baker Mayfield does, you want Trask. This is not a time right now to, to consider Trask. They're in the hunt for the NFC South. They're going to play a Dave Canales championship game. So yeah. all in all, all in all, I think Baker Mayfield has actually played better than I had anticipated. I would totally agree with that. It's funny uh, you mentioned like all the Trask people because I thought the funniest thing was last game Trask got in the game at the end just to <laughs> just to take a knee. But I was like, there you go, you got your Kyle Trask. I'm in agreement with you. I mean, Baker gives this offense the best opportunity to win. By the way, we got the super chat from Eric Moreno, uh, $5 super chats. Thank you, Eric, who says, you guys think Mike Evans will be good to go Sunday? Uh, limited yesterday with the quad. Saw the tweet from Greg Allman working on uh, the side with the trainer. Is he okay? Rock kind of already answered that, and the injury report just came out, and he was a full participant. So Mike yeah. will be good to go. I never had any doubts that he wasn't going to play. He, like you said, Rock, he works so hard to just yeah. make sure that he's available on Sundays and or Mondays or Thursdays and you know, that's why he has the the record that he does. But yeah, to, to get back to Baker again, I just he right now as a grade, I'd probably give him a B because he's been a little inconsistent here and there. But you can see yeah. when when oh, he definitely. plays well, they either score 37 points or they have a relatively stress free game against the Titans. But you can look at games against the Lions where he I don't blame him for the interception because it got tipped the line of scrimmage, but he had a turnover and he missed some deep throws down the field. If Baker in an odd way, if Baker can limit his missed throws or bad throws to like one to two per game instead of three or four, which really killed him against the Detroit Lions, he can help this team win the division. Can he help this team win the Super Bowl? No, I, I don't think that's the case, but um, I, while they're still in running for the playoffs, I think you have to play him. The only situation where I could see Kyle Trask getting into play is if you're completely done and you have to decide, oh, well, right. at this point, what do we have with the future here? Because I'll ask you about Trask. It kind of feels like a wasted draft pick at this point, Rock, because he was a second-round pick. Granted, it was the last pick because they won the Super Bowl the year before, so it's kind of like a third-round pick. But you're talking about a team that was in win-now mode that probably could have used either another wide receiver or an offensive lineman or running back or someone on the defense, but they decided to use a quarterback that they knew wasn't going to play, and then they never really developed him. So it kind of feels like a bit of a wasted pick at the moment. Yeah, but you know, yes, yes, you are right. But when you really look at it, okay, he's behind the GOAT. He's behind the greatest quarterback of all time. Now the GOAT leaves. Trask, yeah. okay, for now he's our starter. Baker Mayfield becomes available. You have a competition. Mayfield wins it. So that's how it that's how it goes. Maybe Trask will be good. I don't know. He obviously has a strong arm. You won't know until he gets in there. But at this point, man, I mean, and again, it's too early for for me, I don't know how you are with these mock drafts. You know, I saw SI yeah. now had the LSU quarterback coming to the Buccaneers yeah. at 11. There's too much still that's going to play out. I would like to see if they're going to, if they're going to be 500 or below, I, and they're going to draft fairly high. I would like them to get one of the stud quarterbacks because you're going to be on a rookie contract. Any yeah. other veteran that's anybody that's pretty good is going to cost you a lot of money, man, for a, for a starting quarterback. And you can build around a kid. I know it's a crapshoot, but again, we got to yeah. wait and see. It's still, 
I mean, it's, it's still too early. Maybe you keep Mayfield, maybe you negotiate something, and you still go with, with, with a young quarterback in the draft. But I think right now, Baker Mayfield has been serviceable. Yes. They were they were they were in a tough spot. They didn't have any money, and look at what Mayfield has done. I think it's been a pretty good a pretty good acquisition by Light. I fully agree because you could boil it down to: Would you rather have Derek Carr right now in his contract or Baker Mayfield and his contract? I, it's an easy answer that it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, we got a super nineteen ninety nine super chat from Kathy Gillespie. Thank you so much, Kathy. Who says a point brought up? Erase the Brady days. Sign Mayfield uh, in twenty in twenty twenty as a free agent. Puts up current numbers. We would be ecstatic. <laughs> Not that easy to snap fingers and land a franchise QB. Uh, first round pick won't be high. One more year, damn it. Yeah, I guess it is kind of funny. Like Brady comes in, you win a Super Bowl, it raised the bar uh, a lot more. It's almost like we have to recalibrate our expectations for what you're getting from a Bucks offense now that Tom Brady isn't there. But Rock, let me ask you this before we start talking about the Bucks defense a little bit, because um, that has been a big question about: Do you re-sign Baker? Do you re-sign Baker and then also draft the quarterback? And Baker's kind of that stopgap quarterback. If Baker keeps putting up these numbers, or I guess let me phrase it this way. If Baker plays himself into a situation where he would get a contract similar to what Geno Smith got after Geno, quote unquote, revived his career. Would you pay that to Baker and say he's our guy? Or would you try to get him for less and then still draft the quarterback because We've seen most of Baker's career, and you got to prove it a little bit more after just one good season. Yeah, I would. I yeah, I would do the latter. What you just said, the, the, num, number two, try to negotiate with him. I wouldn't give him the big the big number. He's not having a he's not having a Geno Smith type of year. You know, I that agree. was that was that, that that was unbelievable. And and really, where where's Geno Smith? Is he that good? Like you know, this year, and and yeah. the. Buccaneers need a lot. You know, they're going to need a lot. They're going to have to re-sign some guys that are going to cost a lot of money. So I would do that. Try to negotiate with Baker. But again, let's say he continues to play the way he's playing now and they end at 500. All right. Do that. And then look very, very hard in the draft. Try to get one of these kids. Now there was a day I was talking with Jason light. It was in the hallway at one buck and it was interesting. And I said, uh, it was, I was after they had the, the good start and they, they had had a win. You know, I said, Hey, congratulations. Pretty good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good, huh? He's like, yeah, it beats the alternative. But I, it does. Yeah. And I said, you know, we were just talk- And I said, we were just talking about Baker Mayfield. You know what? He, he, he's feisty, man. He's pretty strong. You know, the guy seemed to like him. You know, I like him. Yeah. I like him. And he goes, you know what he said to me? He goes, he's in a good place. He's in a good place mentally. And there was a little bit more of the conversation, but that I'm not going to say. But Baker Mayfield was in a bad space with, you probably know about it, like all of his financials, there had been money that was stolen. And Mm -hmm. it turns out it was people on the in. And can you imagine when you have all that kind of stuff 
And that seems to be kind of solidified. They've got that under control. And then he also had the offseason, which he hadn't had. And he was liking the and offensive healthy. line. Yeah. And he was like, I'm learning it. And I'm kind of liking this. I got away from Texas. Uh, you know, this is this, this is like – so he might, he might be able to take like – not demand so much because he's very, very happy here. This is a nice little spot for him. So we'll see down the road, but I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't sign him to a max deal yet. I, I, yeah. and he's not that old. I, I looked it up. I think he's only 27 yeah. years old. Isn't like he's, he, he's, yeah, old, he's 27 or 28, old, you know, he's probably right now in his prime 27, 28. Yeah. Years old, so he's probably in his prime right now. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. He seems very much um, at peace. For whatever reason, whether it's a new location, yes. whether it's playing with yes. guys like Mike and Chris, whether yes. it's the financial thing solved, he just seems very much uh, at peace. So as Jason Light said, he's in a good place. I know that I'm in a good place when I'm having a Celsius energy drink, which, of course, is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. There's so many awesome flavors. Check out the Cosmic Vibe. That is one of their newest ones. Uh, my personal favorite is the Arctic Vibe, which you can see on the screen here. But there's a ton of great flavors from the sparkling orange to the sparkling watermelon, the peach vibe, tropical vibe, strawberry lemonade, without question, is in my top five, probably even in my top three, if I'm if I'm being real to myself. But with Celsius energy drinks, there is no sugar. There is no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with a, uh, another energy drink product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink. That's when you go to the store locator on their website. You punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It might be your Walmart, your Target, your 7-Eleven, or if you're lucky enough, it might just be your bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you want more, and you're like, ah, I don't want to get one or two. I want to get them in bulk. You can get them in bulk. That's when you go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, I'd recommend getting the variety pack because you heard me talk about all the great flavors. We know variety is the spice of life. So go over to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and you have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. It's up to you. Just uh, make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make sure Celsius is your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Rob, want to get your thoughts about the uh, defensive side of the football. I think a lot of good this year and then just an awful, awful vomit-inducing game against the Texans, and they were able to bounce back against the Titans last week. How do you gauge what you've seen from uh, the Bucks defense this year with what you like and maybe some things that you don't like? I thought I, I honestly thought they would be even better than they are playing. Shaq Barrett, number seven there. He's always going to bring it. True professional. Incredible after his Achilles and coming back on what he was able to do. Yeah. Um, you know, Vita Vea is, is such a beast. And Kalijah can't see. Now, that oh, yeah. was a hell of a draft pick by Jason Light. When we first saw him, I was like, he looks like he's small. Like yeah. he's short and everybody's always get off. Yeah. It's coming out of pit. I know Baldy, <laughs> Brian Baldinger from NFL network. He saw him down on the beach, like in Lauderdale or something. And yep. they, were, they started talking and doing things. So I think he's really going to be good. Yaya Diaby 
is another one. He's built like a brick, you know what? But he don't play mm-hmm. like Jane. He's going to be something else. So you got some pieces there. You still got Levante David, which is he's having an incredible year. Incredible year. Uh, Devin White is still doing pretty darn good. So all in all, they've been good. Look, when they when they gave up that thirty nine points, that was embarrassing. And was it a clunker? I remember the year that the Buccaneers went to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure it was that year. And they had, they had pro, look at, they had pro uh, Hall of Famers with Derek Brooks yeah. and Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Rondé Barber. I think they gave up like 45 points to Oakland, to the Raiders out in Oakland. So once in a while, one of those d- games is going to happen. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm, you know, th- th- this, this, this test is going to be unbelievable with the weapons, yeah. man, that Purdy has. Seriously. The offensive line hasn't been that great. Uh, one other thing, you know, Joe Tryon Shoyenka, when you look at him, man, we see him in a locker room like he's such an athlete, but the time has now come. You can't go much longer than this. I don't know if yeah. he's ever going to be able to finish in, you know, so, so on that. And Carlton Davis, you know, what happened? They gave him his money. You know, I was yeah. coming back in from getting something to eat today, and we're not really – we're not supposed to watch. We don't. And, you know, you go back in the one buck, and, you know, I looked through the gate, and I just look And Trey Palmer, like, just boom, boom, put on a move, and, and Carlton Davis was toast. I'm like, oh, boy. But, again, I'm not going to watch. I'm not supposed to see or anything like that. And he's had a foot injury. You know, he's a soft-spoken guy. That was – I don't know what happened to him. So, all in all, let's see what they can do against a high-powered offense Sunday in Santa Clara. Yeah, I'm with you. First of all, I I love the adjustments that Todd Bowles made last game. Like you mentioned, Yaya, you mentioned the struggles of Joe Tryanchenka and and you know the the uprising of Yaya. Well, Yaya had yeah. more snaps than JTS last game, and there is that why go. the Bucks defense played a little bit better? I think to a degree. Um, you mentioned Kalijah Kansi. He played the sixth most snaps. He played more than Vita Bay. He played more than Logan Hall. They took the training wheels off of that guy. They're like, you are so good. We cannot baby you at all. And he went in and was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Carlton, it's tough because a toe injury is it's one of those injuries that just linger and linger and linger. Yeah. And we know Carlton plays better at man than zone. And he struggled in that game against the Texans where they played way too much zone. Unfortunately, he was injured against the Titans and didn't play that game at all. So we didn't get to see him rebound and bounce back from that game. And now he's going to return against the 49ers, which is uh, extremely difficult. Like that's the worst scenario to have a bounce back game against. But uh, one guy I want to ask you about real quick, Antoine Winfield Jr. Is he going to be an all pro this year or just like, is this the best football that we've seen from him? Because it's hard to argue not by far, by far. Yes, he will be an all-pro. And I can tell you, Matt, in all my years of covering the NFL, players respect getting picked as an all-pro way more than a Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl is, uh, you know, popularity contest, name only, things like that. And if you are the other uh, award, they really respect that. Now, he's incredible. He is a ball hawk. He is, uh, you know, he's always in great shape. Uh, he's tough. He's smart. He must be doing a lot of studying 
because yeah. I remember, I'm serious. These guys, and we see these guys, these are the best of the best athletically. I don't care what team you're on. Even if you're on the lowly giants and you're on that roster, you're a hell of an athlete. But to yep. get to the next level, how much do you study? How much do you process? See, now these guys can be at home and they got their pads. Back in the day with Rondé Barber, you would have to go to the facility. Believe it or not, Matt, that was before the internet. Believe it or not. And you would have to actually come in on your day off on Tuesday. I don't think Rondé Barber ever missed a day. Whereas a guy like Johnny Manziel, remember that? He didn't know didn't that they could anything. see. Yeah, yeah they, could, they, could, they could see that he hasn't even touched his iPad. And you saw what happened to Johnny Manziel. So he must be studying uh, as well because he continues to get better. And, and, and when you bring up Antoine Winfield Jr., and I mentioned this on my other podcast, Bucks Kickoff, I was like, he gave the big speech in the yeah. locker room. And the player is like, how good do you want to be? How, how great do you want to be? And remember the player, we needed that. We needed that. It didn't do squat. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, but no, he, he – yeah, he, he's the best player on defense and arguably could be the best player right now on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. I, I it, It's so funny because I think it, it is a legit race between Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. Who's the best player on the roster alone? It, it's yeah, a little bit you got, you know what? Yeah, yeah. And they're in the same draft class, which is so funny. They yeah. were one, too. So that'll go down as one of the best draft classes <sighs> of all time by the Bucs and obviously by Jason Light. Rob, you've been super gracious with your time, so we'll, we'll get you out of here soon. Um, just looking at this Bucks 49ers matchup, if the Bucs are somehow going to pull it off, what do you need to see? How do you think it'll happen? What do they need to do to uh, pull off one of the biggest upsets in the NFL this season? Try to somewhat contain Christian McCaffrey because that will put Purdy – in a situation where he's going to have to throw, like if they can do that. And, you know, if you look at Christian McCaffrey, since Todd Bowles has been a head coach, the Bucks defense has done a pretty good job against yes. McCaffrey. Now that was when he was with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have these, these weapons that are on San Francisco 49ers. And as always, you got to try to get to the quarterback. Look, Will Levis is nowhere near as good as CJ Stroud. But they were really getting pressure. And it was funny. I went and listened to, just for the fun of it, I listened to a Titans podcast afterwards. This is the worst offensive line yeah. in the history of football. <laughs> oh, my God. Levis was Levis is running for his life. So, you know, they got to do that. And I they're going to have to just play out of their minds. They can't, they can't make mistakes. They can't have the turnovers. They can't get down by 10 points in the first quarter they're not going to be able to win a shootout and they're not a shootout team you know yeah. they're, they're 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 just not baker mayfield is 300 yards 270 if he gives you the two touchdowns and none rashad white you know rashad white's feeling pretty good right now you yeah, know he he's, he's feeling good i don't know if you saw him in the locker room today he was with the social media team and anyway. he had the little microphone and he was acting as a reporter going around busting chops with the other guys. He's feeling pretty good. So, you know, they're still not able, they're still not really running the ball that well. They're getting a little bit better, little bit better. I don't know how much more we can expect, 
with this offensive line? Because again, you got to blow open some holes and there hasn't been a lot of big holes there. You know what I mean? So I'm with you. I don't, I, I, I see them, Matt. Oh, what well, God, is there anything else you wanted to ask me? Go right well, ahead. actually next, I was just going to ask you your, your prediction for the game, what you realistically think will happen. <laughs> I realistically think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to win this game 31 to 23. And, you know, the Bucks will put up about 23. And like I say, they'll try to contain San Fran. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. In the beginning of the year, I was wrong. Last couple of games, I had it within like a point. So I'm hoping that I'm wrong. But really, I'm just looking, you know. And it's funny, too. Like, you look at the bye week. San Francisco had lost three in a row. Yep. They had the bye. They Shanahan made some adjustments. He tweaked the lineup a little bit. He brought the coordinator down from and down on the sidelines. They changed it up a little bit and it worked. Buccaneers after the bye. Holy mackerel. Even now, worse. Right. And Bowles did say though, when 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 you struggle like that, you go back to the basics. Maybe that was it. Maybe they went bored of the basics. But when we heard Canales today saying that, you know, you can't just be a drop back. Uh, passing team against this yeah. Good defense. Luck to you. Yeah. yeah, we got all this other stuff that we're going to use. So what is it? You're still learning? You got to go back to the basics? Or you can't be a drop-back team? I don't know. I would love to see a win, but I, I just I just don't see it, man. I think San Francisco is this good. Yeah, and they smoked the Jaguars last oh, week. That we're talking dominated. about playing. Yeah, yeah, dominated, annihilated, just talking about a, a better team than the Bucs that they blew the right. doors off of. Rock, can't thank you enough for uh, joining me on today's podcast. Please tell everybody uh, where they can find you, your shows, where uh, or what shows you have, where they can find you on social media, and all that fun stuff. Gotcha. So social media at Real Rock Riley on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Rock Riley. Tampa Free Press, one two stories a week, on, mostly on the Bucks, but I also cover the Lightning and the Rays. Bucks kickoff. That's on enemy lines here, JoeBucksFan.com. This is the first time that someone from Joe Bucks Fan and Pewter Report have ever collaborated there, Matt Matera. This is a, this is this yeah. is the first. So I got that. And uh, anything else? Anything else? We'll work for beer. You know, I'll put up a sign. We'll work for <laughs> beer. So I'm available. There you go. Yeah. But no, I appreciate it. Right back at you, man. You're you're a good man. We always talk about it in Long Island, Jersey, the fan in New York, this and that. Yeah. So always have a good time with you, Matt. You're a good man. Yeah, absolutely, Rock. Also, you're uh, you're on WDAE a fair man as well. So uh, WDAE. Oh, and yeah. I'm on nine. I'm on nine seventy WFLA every Friday morning. I'll be on tomorrow morning around eight thirty six. So there you go. Awesome. You. There you have it, Rock. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, appreciate your time. That's Rock Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you again to Rock. And uh, as we keep the show going, let's hear a quick message from our friends at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today aim uni financial plan ahead stay ahead 
That's right. Immunity Financial has proudly been serving clients across the country since 1980. They have uh, they can help you out with a number of different things from brokerage services, investment banking, annuities, sales and trading, as well as, um, you know, if you want to start a college fund for your child, if they plan on going to to college. You can do that with Immunity Financial. You can check them out um, in a number of different places. They're not just in Tampa. They're not just in Colorado. They're in California. They're in Arizona. They're in the Northeast and places like Delaware as well. Maybe you'll run into Chris Godwin in the offseason if you're over there. So check out Immunity Financial. Give them a uh, free call for a free consultation. And why not? It's free. Check it out. Immunity Financial. All right. Thanks again to Rock Riley for joining the show. Always love Rock. He is such a great guy to uh to chat with on a regular basis always uh talk with him when we are at the buccaneers facility got a couple more super chats to get to vice thank you for the ten dollar super chat if you have another comment we will happily get to it um eric moreno says mike evans is a stud please re-sign evans it depends for how much. I don't know, and I love like I I hate talking negatively, but again, a Peter report we we call it like we see it. We're not just gonna baby things because of feelings and, and things of that. Mike isn't playing like a receiver that should get paid over twenty one million dollars or whatever it is. It's just the case. He's had too many costly drops. He has a big impact in a number of games, and then all of a sudden. Uh, isn't the focal point of the offense in others. Now, is that more of an indictment of Baker and Dave Canales in the offense? That kind of remains to be seen. So it depends on what the market will be for Mike Evans. Let's remember, he just turned 30. He's a little bit longer in the tooth for the offensive side of things or in the NFL side of things. Uh, I hope he's back with the Bucs. I really, really do. I, I hope both sides can come to an agreement that they both enjoy, love, and everything like that. But we shall see. Meets McGee with the $5 Super Chat that says, safe to say that the Bucks haven't lost a game because of Baker. Remember, we had <laughs> Jameis Winston who couldn't miss a uh, middle linebacker to save his life in his last six games here. First of all, congratulations to Jameis. He is getting his Florida State number retired. Actually, you can see in the back there, Florida State Seminoles. Go Knowles. R.I.P. Mark Cook. Um, he's getting his jersey retired this Saturday at the Florida State game. They're playing like a, a random ass Division II team, so uh, should be a fun game <clears throat> to get to. But to answer this, I don't know if Baker's necessarily. Uh, I don't know if Baker's necessarily a. Uh, he's he hasn't cost them too many games. I would say maybe the Lions game. He may he may have cost them, but yeah, not the Bills game. I, I would say the Eagles and the Lions game. If, if you were going to say that Baker has cost the Bucks a game, those would be it. Now the the worrisome thing is those were, you know, <laughs> Baker's, or those are the best two teams that Baker has played against. So will that be the case when they play the 49ers? As first name greatest says, go Knicks. Yeah. Nice win against the Atlanta Hawks yesterday. Um, but yeah, moving forward, we'll get to the injury report in just a moment. We'll take you around what went on during Bucks practice today, or at least the, the media side of it. We'll start with Dave Canales because he's always fun. Um, Canales has a lot of 
history against the 49ers. Obviously, as uh, an assistant coach with the Seahawks, they play the 49ers every single season. So let's get that started. Baker Mayfield talking about, or not Baker Mayfield, Dave Canales talking about going up against a team that he played a lot previously the 49ers everything in seattle you're very familiar but each year is different but oh yeah about this going up against this defense yeah big challenge championship moment right championship opportunities all the way starting from monday as we started to transition you know from our from the titans to the niners and talking about it like we need these games we need these games to go against the eagles right to play the lions to play um, the Niners this week, you know, to like really see where we're at when we play a, a, such a talented group. They tell you, they tell you the truth about where you're at. And, and we have to be honest and okay with that response of what that is, you know? Um, so just calling all the boys to just, to see this for what it is, guys, these are championship moments that we have to relish as we go, as we finish down the stretch, it's going to come down to winning the division. We're going to have these type of matchups. You win the division, we get a home game and then you got to go travel somewhere. And that's the reality of it. You got you to win on the road against really good teams. So just another good litmus test for our group um, going forward. Those linebackers are great in the middle. How difficult is it just to game plan against them for what they can do? Super difficult because they communicate so well. So everything is just on a string with them, with whatever coverage they call. They talk, they adjust, they see the formation, and then you just see – Warner and Greenlaw just like really going and matching to stuff with the quarterback's eyes. You got to be on time, on the money with these guys. Kirk Cousins had a fantastic day against them, and he played the type of football, type of quarterback play you have to against these guys if you want to have success. Um, they're a really special group. Those two guys inside. Uh, sticking with Baker Mayfield, who we talked about a lot on this show, Canals commented on Baker being able to still play well when things get chaotic, whether it's pressure in his face, whether it's escaping the pressure and going on the run or still being able to make throws. This is what Dave Canals had to say about Baker Mayfield. About him when there's a free guy or he's going to get hit or he has to stare down. Yeah, I think back to, you know, what we talked about last week, too, just like for, for whatever reason in his nature, when things are chaotic, mm-hmm. it calms him. And he, he likes that fight. You know, he likes – it's like the calculated boxing references. But, you know, the calculated boxing match where they're kind of measuring people. Yeah. And then it turns into a fist fight sometimes, and there's guys that thrive. And he does. He really thrives with that third down, you know, like the chaotic stunts and, and rushes and blitzes. Yeah. He elevates end-of-game scenarios, you know. And then on the flip side of it, for me, just being around some good quarterbacks, you know, um, just one of the better – quarterback performances that I've seen, you know, and um, just in terms of him progressing and getting back to reads rhythmically, really smooth with his eyes. I just, he's still getting better. You know, this is a, this is a quarterback who's had a lot of years to play in a bunch of different systems. He continues to master what we're giving him to the point where it's like, it's starting to feel monotonous. And that's a good feeling to me because it's old hat. And so that's where he's accelerating the growth of the whole group. Um, as he trusts the progressions, the touchdown to Mike, mm-hmm. you know, that was his third read coming back over there. And it was the right coverage and he eliminated things so quickly. It just felt so smooth. It was one of my favorite plays of the season. Uh, sorry, I was reading the comments. That's why I went like this. You heard us talk about Rashad White as well. Are they going to get him in space more? I hope they can. The issue is 
the linebackers are going to be ready for it, Greenlaw and, and, and Warner. But I hope the screens and some short passes become an extension of the run and they can still get Rashad White the ball and get him out in space. Just keep trying to get, get the ball in space, different builds, different ways to do it. Um, and just excited. We talked about it last week about his versatility and what he can do. You know, and as we... As we continue to improve our run game and find him a way to get him to the second level, I think you're going to see all that special stuff he has in space, you know, so that when the whole thing comes together that way, um, then, I, you know, I still believe in Rashad and, and what he can do. So Running backs, but yeah. he's got two receptions uh, Sunday. Were there more opportunities Yeah, we were trying to get him in the ball? Um, yeah, but I think, you know, everybody else kind of came to life and, you know, you, your progressions start down there and then Rashad gives you a great option when you get back to them if they all punch out in the coverage. And so it was a really good day of throwing and catching um, for Baker and the guys for the most part. So the ball found, you know, some of them before it got to Rashad. But yes, keep trying to do it. And that has to probably be as about as well executed as you want it to be. Oh, it was a dream look, right? And so, um, you know, just trying to take advantage of our, our play actions um, with the play action screen game. And that's the way it kind of all ties in. And of course, the last piece is continue to try to get the run game going. And, um, you know, really a rough day for us on Sunday as far as the runs go, you know, but um, but we still got to do it. We target it properly. There was a, we struggled inside a little bit with some of our matchups um, against their tackles. And so we, but we had the right designs and the right type of stuff there. I thought they played us really hard. I thought they played us really well. Um, coming off of blocks and all that, and uh, we got to finish our blocks. We got to keep finishing our runs. So when it all comes together, I think we got something really cool. By the way, the injury report just came out a little bit while Rock was still on the show. Overall, good news. Carlton Davis fully participated again as he deals with that toe injury. Mike Evans, quad, fully participated, so that's an upgrade. Matt Filer fully participated again as he comes back from that knee. Luke Edeke was out yesterday. He was limited in participation with a foot injury. Josh Hayes' concussion upgraded to full participation. Ryan Neal didn't participate. Uh, he still got a cast on his thumb. Uh, he's out with a thumb. I highly, highly doubt he'll be ready to go for Sunday's game. And then Devin White, get live, 45. Devin was limited in practice today with a foot injury. But uh, again, that is an upgrade from the last game. Uh, the last two things I want to get from Dave Canales, and then we'll talk about Casey Rogers as well. Canal, uh, we'll get to the Tristan for Worf's thing first because he got asked about uh, has Tristan been lobbying to to run the football? And first, there's some confusion because Dave thought he meant the question that was asked. He thought like, "Oh, is Tristan just asking if the offense runs the football?" Then we found out that uh, there might be plans, if healthy, for Vita Vea to get a goal line package, and on top of that. There's another Bucks defensive tackle that used to be running back in high school as well. Is Tristan hitting you up to run the ball? Tristan? <laughs> I mean, I know they like it when we do, so I just... <laughs> but really the kind of... Oh, you're talking about a stiff arm, right? Yeah, yeah. he was so tired after that rep. You know, he came off the side like, hey, big dog, <laughs> take a breath right here. You're going to be all right. But no, otherwise, it's really just... You know, Luke and Tristan going back and forth. Who gets to run their direction? You know, it's really the conversations. But Dave, do you yeah. have a jumbo package in the in the backfield where you might? I know they used Vita in the past. Yeah, uh, I know he's been banged up a little bit this year. But is there a situation that that you would be using? I'd like love to. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love for him to to be healthy on one side of the ball, and then um, 
he's done he's done some fantastic things. He's carried the ball in his in his career, you know. And, uh, Greg Gaines was also a, a high school running back, so another guy that's a good candidate that we'd have up. So be a cool little changeup. Greg Gaines, former running back in high school, did not know that. Now the last thing is uh, Dave Canales talking a little bit more about him and wide receivers coach Brad Isaac about their familiarity with the 49ers. And then uh, a good question was asked about some of the teams that have had success against the 49ers this year, besides the Browns, the other two teams, the uh, Vikings and the Bengals both beat the 49ers a lot with motion and being up tempo, but there's a little bit more to that story of why they are able to beat the 49ers. Can that help you at all? Or just, just, you know, fire everywhere. We know exactly what we're getting here. I know this, I know this team very well. It does. It helps. It helps a lot in just the little nuances to the coverages and how they adjust to our formation. So all those little things that Brad and I come and just playing them twice a year, three times last year, they got us all three times, you know, um, but it does help. It just kind of helps to know where people are going to be at. And also knowing that the style of defense and the way that they're structured and really how good they are at that front seven, you know, and how good they are in that front that, you know, there's a style that you have to play these guys. You know, it's again, it's like if you're going to try to make it a drop back game from snap one, good luck, you know, and it's where it's why we build the offense the way we do so that you can have a, a chance to beat these really special defenses by being able to be balanced, still just being mixing it the right way, you know, with the run game and the actions, the quick game, the empty stuff. And then you have to be really calculated with the shots that you take because you can't just go out there and think you're going to just bombs away against this group. So, Yeah, and both those teams seem like they were using a lot of tempo in that game to try and yeah. work against this defense. Yeah. Why do you think they were successful? And then do you think you can take some of that into this game? I think there's familiarity with um, the head coaches for Cincinnati and Minnesota playing the Niners every year when they were in L.A., so they kind of had some information. I have a lot of that information too. We'll have some stuff, but you know, again, these are guys that have a group that've been working together for a while, and we're still kind of growing into some of that. So we'll, we'll sprinkle some stuff in, but it's not something that we can really just truly feature at this point right now as we keep as we keep improving. Let's get to a couple of questions as we wind down the show. Jeff the Champ asks, "Hey, Maddie Diamonds, did you go to FSU?" So I did not go to Florida State. I went to the University of Tampa. We no longer have a football team. We used to have a football team back in the day. So, uh, And I moved from New York to Florida to go to college. And in New York, there's not really a big college football program. People don't really care about college football in, in the Northeast. It's more geared towards NFL teams. So I knew when coming to Florida, I'd have to pretty much choose between Florida State, uh, Florida, or Miami. And pretty much what helped me make my decision. One, Florida State is the Tomahawk chant. My high school, we were, my town is Massapequa. We were the Massapequa Chiefs. We would already do the Tomahawk chant. And one of the first college football games I went to was a Florida State game. So I went there, had a great time the whole weekend. It was actually the year they won the national championship with Jameis. The game I went to, they played Maryland. They won, Florida State won the game, I think like 62 to, 62 to nothing, I think was the final score. So it was just insane. I was like, all right, I'm going to be a Florida State fan. And, you know, then they went on to win the national championship. So I wouldn't say I'm a diehard Florida State fan by any means, but, you know, they're doing really well this season. So definitely going to go for the ride. But, uh, no, I did not go to Florida State, though. I've had a great time when uh, the one time I went to Tallahassee. Lightning Film says, Matt, I'm sick of the white uniforms. And to make matters worse, they're wearing the pewter on the road in Indianapolis. 
I'm just glad they're wearing the pewter. Uh, pewter Report actually announced that earlier today. Scott Reynolds did that they are rocking the pewter uh, the week of Thanksgiving to play the Colts. Listen, when you're the road team, you don't get to choose. But if they their next home game, if they don't end up freaking wearing the red jerseys, a lot of people are going to be pissed, and I will ask the players about it too uh, if they don't wear it for their next home game. Long Lost Glacier says Filer should be offensive tackle six for jumbo packages. I don't necessarily hate that if you want more blocking and if Aaron Sidney ends up remaining the starting offensive guard. Wouldn't mind Filer in that group. Callie Buck says Vita Vea will uh, be the Mike Allstott dive at the goal line or with the Mike Stott, Mike Allstott dive at the goal line. I would love to see that too. I like when big guys have the football. It just makes football way more fun. Um, Want to get to these videos from co-defensive coordinator Casey Rogers. Thought he had a great press conference today. This first one talking about playing against the 49ers. We were just talking to Antoine about the, just the sheer volume of challenging players you face. Um, when you try to think about it, you usually think about, oh, take away an opponent's two best players. <coughs> Obviously, they still have some depth. What makes them the, the most challenging? Is it, is it the depth of what they throw at you? It's the way they use their people. It's like they're all over the place. You look at them. We just watched a couple of plays. McCaffrey was at X and Debo was at tailback. And that's a problem if you had man coverage because now you got a run fit issue or coverage issue or you got people playing positions that they don't usually play. So it just creates, or if you stay regularly, now you got a bad matchup somewhere. They create matchups and the way they utilize their people is just really impressive. I would say so, yes, because it's just, you, you go down, we just go from top to bottom, you know, one that left tackle out there is, we keep leaving him out, he, he, he's legit, then you got Kittles to worry about, Ayuk is coming into his own, Debo is a problem, then you forgot about McCaffrey, but he hanging back there, it's just, they can come at you a lot of different ways. Rodgers also wants these players to remember what the hell happened last year when they got smoked 35-7, to um, because if they play like they did last year, it might even be worse this time around. They stretch you with motion. Like somebody's moving somewhere every play, so your eyes are kind of in a lot of different spots, right? Not only a motion, then a shift, then another, and there you went. Not a regular motion. He got an orbit. He went behind the track. Yeah. Then he went in front. Then was it a jet motion or was it a regular motion? That's why people make mental mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, you're trying to check this and check that. They forced you to play on their terms, and that's tough. Yeah. The defense was able to bounce back last game. What do you need to see from what they did last game to carry over into this matchup against a, a great opponent, as we've been talking about? Well, they need to remember how they beat our brains in last year to start with, you know, and they beat us physically. That's that's the thing we have to own that and just challenge. That's the first challenge we got to try to deal with it. The physicality of the last time we played them, and we made so many, we got to play a heck of a lot better. And they are really, really good team. And then he expanded upon uh, that whole thing about not getting your ass kicked. Oh, yeah, we talked about it right away. I'm responsible for the run game. I think they had 38 carries for 206. I remember it like it was yesterday. They kind of beat the fire at us. So we didn't play well and it left a lasting impression. And if we let them do it again, we're not going to win. You know, that's, How do you balance that with looking forward and looking back? It ain't looking. Just remember. It's good to remember. You got to move forward, but you need to remember what happened so that you don't go through that again. Thank you. I appreciate Casey Rogers. Thought he was. Thought he was great today. 
Hey, guys, there's a great football game on tonight with the Ravens and the Bengals. If you want to put a little extra skin in the game, go over to Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a first deposit bonus with Underdog Fantasy. And then after you do that, make sure you follow us on all of our social media on Twitter. Or sorry, X on Instagram, on Facebook and Threads. We are at Pewter Report. And, of course, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. Got the podcast. Got all that great stuff. So please follow us, like, and subscribe. And just a reminder, we got the Pewter Game Day show coming up this Sunday. A little bit later with them playing on the West Coast. It starts at 3.05 for an hour pregame show. And then the Pewter Game Day show starting at 4.05. I'll give my live reactions and analysis and opinions to everything going on. Uh, but this has been a great show. Thanks to Rock Riley for joining me today. Appreciate all the Pewter people. Until Sunday, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Have a great weekend. Out.